The IBM Cloud Podcast, coming to you every show with information about new capabilities and releases. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the IBM Cloud Podcast. We are hosts from the offerings team here at IBM Cloud. My name is Ian Lynch. And this is Steve Shokat. And today we have Milan Patel. He's an offering manager with our blockchain team. And so Milan, I get asked the first question. And so, you know, when I was at, at uh, Think last month, they said that the counterfeit market in 2015 was worth $1.8 trillion. So clearly I'm in the wrong business. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I tend to think about like Rolex watches. You can get them on the street for 10 bucks. But apparently it's more serious than that. Like in some countries, they said, you know, half of all the blood thinners are fake or half of the brake parts are fake. Or, or, you know, even in North Carolina, I think we've got this fairly major recall going on. 20 million, no, 200 million eggs coming from one farm in North Carolina, and yeah. people have died from it. So I'm going to start with the easy question. So what's the one-minute elevator pitch on what blockchain is? Blockchain? Um, so it was specific to identity or no. blockchain in general? Blockchain, no, just, let's just do blockchain, blockchain? first, yeah, so, and so, we'll get so, to identity. So, so, so Ginny says it pretty well, right? Um, she says that what the internet did for information, blockchain is doing for trusted transactions. Blockchain provide this notion for a decentralized approach of how we do business. Uh, it provides notions of immutability and trust. Um, so from a blockchain standpoint, it provides further trust and allows for further distribution of how we exchange assets uh, together as, as business networks, as individuals doing business together, as businesses doing business together uh, in very fashions. So we saw, we saw, I think we saw a, a shipping example, I think she had up on the screen. Maersk. Yeah, Maersk. Well, I mean, what would they do with blockchain? Yeah, so they're basically tracking point to point where assets uh, from manufacturing to the actual shipment of goods are, are done. A lot of the things that you hear with blockchain are around um, legal aspects as well as the business aspects. And then blockchain provides that technical distribution of information as well as transparency in exactly what's happening point to point in those transactions. So let's get into talking a little bit about the technology that surrounds that melon. So, right, we're talking about this trusted identity and blockchain, but as an IT user, as when I started to invoke that into technology, what what exactly we're talking about, right? So we've, we've had many examples where we're transacting from, let's say we all have five books and me, you and Steve are splitting that. And But how does it, how does the technology actually help to facilitate this trust yeah so 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 blockchain um from an identity standpoint provides two aspects and from an identity aspect we see blockchain is more of a technical enabler um today identity is done through central roots of trust and that just doesn't scale one of the things that we're advocating for is pushing identity to the edges of the network edges of the network meaning at the devices peer-to-peer point-to-point so when steve and i are doing a transaction we're not going through a third party or fourth party, right, in facilitating that transaction. Steve and I are going to be doing transactions directly within ourselves, right? And part of being able to do that is you need to be also ensure that there's trust in that. Uh, so the blockchain from an identity standpoint allows us as individuals to create and control and govern our own identity, but also providing that notion of trust, which is where the blockchain comes into play. And imagine all billion people in the world, right? Billions of people in the world that are going to be controlling and managing their own identity. Having that central authority that is providing digital certificates and 
um, issuing digital credentials is not going to scale, right? Mm -hmm. Those need to be pushed to the edges of the network, and that's where blockchain intersects uh, how we're able to transform identity and how we identify ourselves in the various relationships that we have. So in the, the Maersk example, it would be Maersk saying, this is me. Yeah, so, so in the Maersk example, Maersk has created a business network, right, of suppliers, right. shippers. Um, within Talker that Maersk. business network, um, being able to exchange and identify each other is critical. But then when you look at other business networks that get created, right, there's this networks of networks effect where you're going to have Walmart, right, with their food trust network that they've created. Um, there's going to be a point where each of these networks have their own policies and how they exchange, do business. But when you get to a future state, right, where now you're going to be transacting across different networks, being able to identify other participants of other networks is going to be critical, right, and having that cross-transaction experience because you can only do so much within your network, right? Being able to leverage other suppliers or other participants in other networks that have different specific use cases that have a network effect on you is where that identity comes uh, as a critical aspect in transactions. So how do I know that the, the, um, the other people are who they say they are? I know who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where blockchain provides um, that notion of, of, of trust, right? So the, the, the terminology that, that we use is called verifiable credentials. Um, you can think of these as attestations from like the DMV or your bank, right? Um, today, it, it, it's, there's a lot of fraud because a lot of the identities that get generated, um, at least in the physical world, can be counterfeit, like a fake driver's license. But in the digital world, everything's password driven, right? You don't really know who the other person is on the other side of that transaction. Proximity is a big issue when it comes to online transactions because you're doing transactions with all over the world. Um, where blockchain helps is you've got public and private keys, right? Um, so the DMV issues an identity, uh, a digital identity. That, that digital identity can be verified on the blockchain that it was actually the DMV that actually gave you that certificate because they have an identifier as well as they have their public key. But the beauty of this is we're pushing identity to the edges of the network. No personal identifiable information is ever stored on the blockchain. There's only pointers to the individuals and then the individuals within their devices, within their digital wallets, hold their own credentials and then transact in a peer-to-peer -peer way. So is it just me being overly cautious, right? Or this is all around security and trusted sources, but as I'm setting myself up, Melon, right? What's to stop me creating myself as Joe Bloggs or creating my product or identity as Joe Bloggs? Oh, no. Yeah. So, so you have the ability to say whoever you want to say you are, right? Um, one of the concepts that's reemerging in this, in this space is called rebooting the web of trust, right? So Ian can say whoever he is, he says he is, right? But I, I know Steve because I see Steve every day in the office. Now, if Steve also doesn't know who Ian is, I'm likely not to trust Ian because Ian says he's actually Bob. But if I talk to Steve, right, because I've got a relationship with Steve, I'm able to reboot that web of trust because now blockchain provides the ability to resolve not only who Steve is, but then I can also resolve to see who Ian is and then potentially maybe even see that Ian and Steve know each other, right? Okay. Uh, and from that standpoint, I know that Ian is actually not Bob because I've got att attestations from potentially Steve saying that Steve is 
Steve knows Ian, and he, Steve knows Ian is not Bob, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so being able being able to leverage um, the distributedness of relationships that we have, uh, and being able to do that through a web of trust, right, is basically being able to identify if Ian is Bob or Bob is Ian. <laughs> So basically, Millen, right, we're saying that any type of transaction or any type of a movement in basically anything, right, it, it can use this technology to make it more secure. But on top of yeah. the security, what else is it doing? Is it fast tracking? Is it removing the resources or why? Yeah, would so I want one to of the common, yeah, one of the common use cases that we're seeing is KYC, know your customer. Uh, when you onboard to a bank, Think about all the information you have to provide them. You have to provide them statements from your last 60 days. Oh, gosh, You've yeah. got to provide them your a screenshot or I don't know a copy of your mobile of your driver's license, right? Yeah, how much? Yeah, how much of that paper is actually trustworthy, right? Because what they have to do then is they then take all those documents, they go into their backend processes, and then they have to do all this manual work to verify that you are who you are. From from at least some data points that I've heard it takes $100 to onboard an individual to do KYC. It takes $1,000 to onboard a small business to do KYC. Mm-hmm. Think about all that time, a few weeks, a month, months, right, to onboard. Like last time I applied for a loan for uh, a mortgage, uh, it took, I don't know, a few weeks and uh, a lot of screenshots and uploading of PDFs, which, you know, seems time consuming and onerous to do, right? But from a digital standpoint, if, if you were using these notions of uh, and, I, and, and concepts of verifiable credentials, it's, it's all real time. It's all point to point. Uh, and because you're able to cryptographically verify with blockchain, with distributed leverager technologies that ensure that trust, all those manual post-processing things essentially go away, right? And, and are, and are, and are mitigated in terms of being able to verify who you are. So I, I was thinking back, I had actually two, two questions. One is when, when Ian became Bob, it made me think of the Nigerian prince that we've all probably gotten <laughs> letters from. But one would assume somewhere there isn't a real Nigerian prince, or if he ever dies, nobody yeah. wanted his money, which would be sad. But, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking about, so to do this would require every player in your network to have blockchain code, right? And every player in your network to have trusted identity support and every player in your network, maybe even to be up at the right level of the code. Yeah. So, um, so we actually, two weeks ago, we, we joined, uh, the sovereign foundation. We had a big announcement around that sovereign foundation is basically this public utility framework for identity. It's, it's, it's the, it's, it's one of, a few identity networks that are out there today. Uh, they do a lot of work, um, a lot, a lot of the protocols, a lot of the, the DLT. It's it's hyperledger based, specifically hyperledger indie. Um, but back to your point about how, yeah. So there's there's going to be this evolution in in issuers, companies or institutions like the DMV banks to be onboarded onto these these identity networks, right? So as part of at least what we're doing from an IBM perspective is helping those institutions on board participate. So you're going as part after of, the people that, that have or ask you all the questions, like the banks, the DMVs, and such. Yeah. Those are your top questions, your the, the, first those, customers. Well, those that's so the, the personas that we are issuers, verifiers, and owners, issuers and 
verifiers can be cross-pollinated, right? You as a bank can be an issuer right. or a bank account, but you also want to verify, right, who people are. Um, but it's all about participating and it's all about onboarding, right? That's the first thing that needs to be done. Part of that is establishing identity networks and, and providing the, the capabilities and services so that institutions like the DMV, like banks can do that, right? And then it becomes providing the experience of how am I going to store these credentials? How am I going to manage these credentials? How am I going to manage them across my different devices? How am I going to manage my public and private keys, right? Because at the end of the day, the complexity in what we're doing is masking the complexity of the technology, right? Which is my grandmother doesn't want to know about public and private keys. She just wants to make sure that the person that she's doing business with is who they say they are right. because they call me once every three weeks saying, Millen, I got a phone call saying, you know, the FBI or the <laughs> is looking for me, yeah, right? Yeah. And and I have to pay X amount of money. But a lot of the times, all the times, it's just fraudulent attempts to try to get them to and exploit them to pay money, right? right? Especially older people tend to have trouble with yeah, that. Yeah, so, it, so it's ensuring that trust, ensuring that they've got uh, that experience, um, which which is where I think all this all this comes together. So guys, whether I'm a supplier to a retailer, I'm a retailer selling on, I'm selling eggs, getting mortgage approval, I don't know, moving money from one place to another, all of these things are taking a long time based basically because of identity, right? And how we're moving these things as transactions. So what's really the big inhibitor that's stopping this in the industry? In other words, why isn't everyone adopting this? So, uh, so the, the concepts of self-sovereign identity are still uh, very, very new. They're, 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 they're nascent. Uh, a lot of what I just mentioned about the infrastructure, the identity infrastructures, the participants, uh, the issuers, that that whole wave of it being real is still a little bit out. Uh, we need, like, for example, we can't have this sort of trusted uh, transactions if, you know, people aren't issuing verifiable credentials through identity networks like Sovereign. Right, right? absolutely. Through but that facilitation. If, if we're saying in, right, five years, if my bank is kind of not using these technology, especially not like blockchain to be able to make things move back and forth an awful lot quicker and easier, less paperwork, and then at least started to adopt i should be looking at changing banks right these should be in some of our financial institutions it has to be in their, their roadmaps right because it's where technology is moving to and it just makes sense Millen, right yeah so 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 there's the, i mean we we hear it from banks all the time like we want to transform our kyc right um some of the challenges that we're seeing is around how we can still do business in today's world but also build that roadmap so that we don't disrupt what happens today, but we're still able to provide the headlights into what's coming in tomorrow. Um, there's also some legal aspects that, you know, legal stuff takes some time. <laughs> uh, so it's about reconciling that. I mean, from and from a blockchain standpoint, it's like the BLT sandwich, business, legal, and technical. Right? BLT sounds and, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, and, and, and from an identity perspective, right, it, 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 it's the same thing. Like you need to have your business arrangements. Uh, one of the things that why we joined the Sovereign Foundation was because they have this concept of frameworks, public trust frameworks, and then domain-specific frameworks, which is within your specific uh, use case and your scenarios, you may have even additional policies and how schemas are created and how the governance of some of the data, right? 
it, how it's shared and what are what are the credentials that you issue that type of stuff which then get into uh, being able to accept that within that domain specific framework oh, it makes total, um, to- total sense total total sense what what doesn't make sense is that why we haven't and the barriers i think that we we have for business today i think we need to help business remove those barriers to help them make this more yeah. seamless and make it just easier to do but Milan, before we kind of go off and okay we're talking very generic right about technology and before we're all done out of a job let's talk a little bit about ibm really quickly and say well yeah, what, we probably what are we doing yeah <laughs> what are we doing in this space uh, please tell me we're doing something yeah so, so i mentioned earlier that we joined this the sovereign foundation i think that was the first step right as part of our identity journey and, and strategy as we're working with clients. Um, I, I mentioned, I alluded to one of the things that we're focusing on this year. Um, so participating and onboarding onto networks. Um, the second thing is interoperability within networks. Uh, so I mentioned the the, the, the the Maersk one and then the Walmart one being able to interoperate between different networks. Um, because at the end of the day, there's going to be many networks. Uh, people are going to have their identity in different networks. What what value we want to provide is making sure that at the edges, in their own digital wallets and vaults, that they're able to communicate and transact regardless of what network they're on. Um, and then the third thing is around transforming business process workflow with um, AI and uh, industry expertise. So one of the one of the things that we're working on is infusing these trusted identity components these verifiable credentials mm-hmm. into um, like Watson Watson services like financial crime intelligence, um, which which is a solution that bank analysts use to onboard K, do KYC right. on businesses, yeah. um, and that being able to offer verifiable credentials as a source, right, for identifying someone's name, uh, date of birth, as well as address, just creates more efficiencies in that in that in that business process workflow right and then if you add um, some AI components to it, it it provides more insights as well as reduces the time right that that it takes to onboard a, a customer um, so those are those are the three things that we're focusing on from an identities perspective onboarding interoperability is a really really key one um, and then the uh, the transformation of business process workflow is there is there or has there been something that competes with blockchain? You know, I mean, I, I, being the older one in this group here, you know, I remember VHS and beta and I remember, you know, different networking protocols. And I mean, is there something running in parallel that we have to see who wins? So I, I, I don't, from a technology standpoint, I think because of the, the advent of blockchain, we've been enabled to do some of this stuff now. Back to your point, Ian. Like, why why is it now, or like, why is it maybe a few few years out? It's just because the technology aligned with the problem. Um, there there are others in the space that are doing similar things, but all leveraging the enablement and the the basically the the, the technical uh, enablers that blockchain provides um is is where a lot of the market is moving towards and a lot of the market is acting on now so they would still use the identity networks and things like that they would identity networks would be an inherent property and i mean this is just my prediction right but i think identity networks are going to be an inherent property in any business network because the fundamental thing that we're doing is transacting and behind the fundamental thing that we're doing which is transacting is knowing who you're transacting with you're talking yeah 
So I'm going to I'm going to close it up with the last question, which would be, you know, where can I find out more information, both about blockchain and then trusted identity? Yeah. So um, IBM blockchain identity. Uh, Google that. Okay. One of as one phrase. As was one phrase. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we've got we've got some uh, we, we've got some some marketing pages on IBM.com. Okay. Um, drill down to the blockchain and you'll see identity there. Excellent. Good. Well, ah. the usual. We'll link all the usual down in the description below, guys. Um, Milan, this was a really, really interesting conversation, and hopefully, we'll come back to you. Hopefully, before five years, before all the banks have adopted all this, and all the yeah. literally everyone who's a, doing transactions today. Um. So, thanks a million for being on the show, buddy. It was great. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And guys, for myself and Steve, thanks for joining in. See you next time on the IBM Cloud Podcast. <laughs>